Okay. So, the beginning of this week's Torah portion, Torah says that God told Aaron um, after the death of his children, Adam and Avil, he said to him, don't come into the Holy of Holies, the holiest place in the world all the time, only on Yom Kippur. And then he said, and when you come in Yom Kippur, you have to come with a sacrifice for the Karma. So the Torah emphasizes that this commandment was given to Aaron after the passing of his children. What was the need of highlighting the time Hashem gave him the commandment? Why does Hashem say to him, giving this commandment to you after the passing of your children? So Rashi says that it gives, gives an example, it gives a parable. Just imagine a sick person who is told by a doctor, uh, don't eat cold food and don't lie down in a moist place. The guy is going to listen, right? But not necessarily. Maybe he won't want to listen. Maybe he likes cold food. Let's say he tells the guy, don't eat cold food and don't lie down in a cold place, don't lie down in a wet place because you might die like this other person died. Then the person must be scared. We'll listen to the doctor much more, right? Because, because he's, he's afraid and the doctor told him. So that's the Torah highlights over here that Hashem is telling Aaron, you got to be careful, I'm telling you. Because this is something that's serious. It's serious. As the Torah says, I'm telling this to you after the death of your children. So no, this is not something to play around. That's what Rashi says. But a couple of major questions you have when you read this um, Rashi. Question number one is, uh, what's the meaning of, why do you need, a, why you need an example? Oh, why do you need an example? You only need an example when something, is, when something doesn't make sense. Something doesn't make sense, you need an example to clarify. If something is very obvious, makes sense, you don't need an example. So the fact that um, Aaron would be more careful considering the fact that something that happened that causes children to die that makes sense. That's logical. We don't need any special examples for us to know that. So why does the Torah have to say an example? Why does Rashi need an example? Give an example of a sick person. Without the example, it's very logical. Don't do this because this is what happened to this person who passed away because he did this. Without any, without any explanations, without any uh, other precautionary remarks, you're already, um, the point is very clear. Don't do this. This is the way this other person died. Why do we need an? Why is Rashi need to say an example? Question number two is, why is Rashi have to say, say an example of a sick person? Why a sick person? Iron wasn't a sick person. Iron was healthy. So why is Rashi give an example of a sick person? Question number three is, what's the two details Rashi mentions not to eat cold food and not to lie in a cold place? What do those two, two examples have to do with the, the commandment of Hashem Ta'aren not to go to the base of Midrash all the time and not to bring sacrifices to Hashem? What, what does that mean? So, the Erechaim HaKadosh famously explains that the problem with Nadav and Avil is that they had this great yearning to be close to Hashem. Such a great yearning 
such a, they were lovesick to be close to Hashem. They had such a great yearning. So ordinarily, Hashem doesn't have to tell Aaron any reasons for why he should do what Hashem is telling him to do. Aaron was a tzaddik. So there's no reasons to do anything. Why Hashem tell him, why Hashem tell him any reason? You know, he doesn't need any reasons. Hashem told Aaron, just do this. You don't need any reasons. The reason why Hashem had to tell him specifically why he should listen was because Aaron was a chayl. He was, in a sense, like a sick person. How is like a sick person? Just like his children, love and avil, had this great yearning to be close to Hashem. And that's why many opinions about what exactly their sin was. One opinion was it went too far into the base of Middash. One opinion was that they didn't want to get married, didn't want to have children, they didn't, want, didn't wear the proper clothing that a Kayan Gadol wears, um, they drank wine. All of these explanations point to the same thing. As the Arachim says, because was their closest to Hashem that caused them to die. They had this great yearning to close to Hashem, and that caused them to die. And therefore, they weren't interested in wearing the clothing of the Kayan Gadol. The of clothing is something which is associated with being here in this world. Clothing was invented after the sin of the, of the tree of knowledge, but there's a sense of self. They wanted to leave this way, went closer to Hashem. They didn't, they didn't want to get married, they didn't want to have children. Then they, 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 they drank wine to bring out deeper secrets to the Torah they were hoping to, to get in touch with. By as, as, as we find in history, the tzaddikim would do that sometimes, to drink wine or to reveal more Torah, as, it, as Gemara says, when wine comes in, secrets come out. And that's why they went too far in the base of Meglash. It's all because of the same thing, because they're yearning close to Hashem. They bring about the strange sacrifice of Kateris they weren't commanded to bring. It's all the same idea. They, they can close to Hashem in a way that was not uh, commanded by Hashem. So Aaron too, he had this yearning as well. Because he had this yearning, Hashem had to tell him, don't do what they did. Because Aaron was a chayla, because he, he had this yearning like they did, that's why Hashem had to tell him, don't do this. Hashem told him two details. One detail was, don't come all the time. Second detail was, even when you do come, you have to bring a sacrifice. Certain sacrifices you should bring. What are these two details? When someone's sick, they have a high temperature. They try to um, alleviate the circumstance of their temperature, either by eating cold foods or by lying down in a cold bath. That's how they try to get rid of the temperature, to get rid of the fever in their body. Not to get rid of, but alleviate the symptoms of being so hot. So in a similar way, um, there's two ways of being extra close to Hashem. One way is carbonics, sacrifices. Sacrifices, the word sacrifices, the word material says about sacrifices, they're called lachm, my bread. Why do they call my bread? Because just like when you eat bread, you are nourished by the food. So too, there's a way to become um, so too, there is a way to be close to Hashem in, in a way that, that you absorb something Hashem gives you internally and it satisfies. That's like a carbon. You, you, a carbon is called Hashem's food. So too, you could be close to Hashem in a way that it satisfies you, it nourishes you. But there could be a, that kind of closeness which is not allowed. Like, like the one that's like a sacrifice on the Navil. There's another way of being close to Hashem. It says that when Hashem gave us a Torah, it says that Nadav and Aviu and some others looked at the glory of Hashem in a way they weren't allowed to. Oh, that's master. They looked at the glory of Hashem in a way they weren't allowed to. And because of that, they deserved to die then. But Hashem didn't cause them to die then. Why not? 
since it was a day of celebration, what's Max to us? The uh, since it was a day of celebration, Hashem told not to Hashem didn't um, cause him to die then on the day of the celebration of giving the Torah because such a celebration. Instead, Hashem said that the day that they're going to pass away would be the day of the inauguration of the mission. Different day. So these two things that they did wrong, um, bring the wrong sacrifice and looking at Hashem they weren't supposed to, they're analogous to the two things Hashem told Aaron not to do. Hashem told Aaron, don't, um, to, to two examples Rashi gives. Rashi says one example is, don't go into a, don't lie down in a moist place. The doctor tells the guy who has his fever, don't lie down in a moist place. And the second thing he tells the guy is, don't eat cold food. The cold food and the moist place are both analogous to two kinds of uh, experiences that are maybe feel satisfying, but are, are, are not okay if they're not in the right measure. One is eating cold food is similar to bringing the sacrifice not supposed to bring. You're, you're, you're absorbing the godly light of Hashem in a way that, that you're not allowed to. It, that's, that's similar to another one of you bringing the sacrifice that we're not allowed to bring. And then Hashem told Aaron, or in Rashi's example, the doctor told the sick person, um, don't lie down in a cold place. It's been lying down in a cold place. That's analogous to another one of you looking at the glory of Hashem just for a second. Just suddenly just, let me just be in that, that macro, let me just be in that zone, let me see what that's like. That's that's also a a um, uh, it's 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 something that's similar to lying down in a cold place. So the two instructions of Hashem to Adam, don't lie down in a cold place, or the instructions of the doctor, the sick person, don't lie, in the, don't lie down in a cold place, don't eat cold food. Those are the two things that Nadav and Aviyu uh, did excessively. They wanted to be in the market in the aura of holiness, and they wanted to absorb too much holiness they weren't allowed to absorb. And the this is something specific that Aaron had to hear. Ordinarily, Hashem didn't have to give Aaron any reasons to what Hashem told him to do. Just told him to do it. But here, by by uh, these, this specific command, Hashem told Aaron, I'm telling you to listen to me and don't do this because this is the way your children die. Why did Aaron need to have the extra, extra warning? Again, because Aaron was considered like a sick person. He was lovesick to be close to Hashem because he had this great lovesickness. Therefore, he had to be warned by Hashem. Listen, this is I know you like this. Oh, this is enjoyable. It's geschmack, but it's not the. Uh, it's not. It's not what I'm asking you to do. Because why not? Hashem wants us to be shamas from souls and bodies to the mission of Hashem. That's the basic idea I wanted to share today. But um, I don't know, ruin, ruin, ruin the party. We started little students together. This was fine to daven. I learned something else also. Maybe let's think about this in context of where we came from. The holiday of Pesach. It's very, it's very incongruous that Hashem tells us after the highest and holiest part of Yontif to go back to the mundane. Make a lot more sense if Hashem would tell us that we have less and less holy days of Pesach. The highest day of Pesach, the Mashiach Suda, is is in the first day of Pesach. Then go lower and lower and lower until like the last day is like the last day of Cholmite or something, you know. And then, then you have your Zman Pizza saying no, Rabbi says then the time of our pizza. But the Abisher made no, it was higher and higher and higher and higher until it gets his Achan Shalpes, the highest Yontif, and then Zvan Pizza saying. How does that make sense? Says in a Yom Yom the answer. A Yom Yom says today that uh, you feel so free and alive on Pesach, yet they're thrown back in the world. So that's the power of the light of Achan Shalpes, 
that light allows us to go into the light of Mashiach. Why light of Mashiach? It doesn't explain to me why the light of Mashiach specifically does that. But I, I think I know why. Um, Mrs. She's a Robertson in in Kwarfabad in Israel. Tell you a story. She um, she had this problem. Every Friday, she would remember that she didn't put her flowers in water after she lit candles on uh, on Friday night. Only on Friday night she remembered this. After she, after she lit the candles, and so she had to ask her kids, "Hey, can you go get 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 the?" And, and she felt terrible because she's. Um, in this holy special moment, lighting Shabbos candles. And then in this holy special moment, she has to now say, oh, because since she kept the Shabbos and shut the candle, she has to ask one of the boys who's running to show, can you stop, there's a flowers, and the boy's not interested, you know, it's, it's before Shabbos. And, and she's not interested either because she's just in this holy moment lighting candles, and now she has to go wear the flowers. She felt terrible. And it happened many, many times. And it, it bothered her. She didn't tell anybody how much it bothered her, but it bothered her. A year later, she went to the Rebbe, uh, Purim time, after Purim, she comes with her husband to an audience with Rebbe. And the Rebbe was talking to them about various, they were the leaders of the community in Israel, and after the various things Rebbe told them, Rebbe said to them, uh, it's very important, when you light Shabbos candles, make sure the flowers are in water before you light the Shabbos candles. Why? Because it doesn't tell about Tashkent, not waste anything. Since you can't waste anything, so so it's it's important that we, that that the can that the flowers are in water so they shouldn't get wasted. So for her it was a total affirmation, total affirmation that she wasn't doing the wrong thing and taking care of the flowers at this holy moment. And why not? What's the reason? The reason why not is because because Baltashka is now to waste anything Hashem gives us. But when I'm when I'm taking the story is you might think you're at a holy special moment. You're at the time of Shabbos candles. And so for you, the idea of putting the flowers in water is it's incongruous at the moment. And here is, the Rebbe is telling you, it's not incongruous, contrary. That's what Hashem wants us to do. So there is a, a perspective that we could, we could embody something analogous to Nadav and Avil. I like doing the high and holy and special things that feel good. I don't like taking care of God's world as much as I like taking care of my interest of, of doing things which I, I feel geschmack for me to do. So one of the words that we use to describe becoming a sheikh is the true and complete goal. Why do we use those words, the true and complete goal? Specifically, the last day of Pesach, which is associated with the true and complete goal. The first days of Pesach are redemption. After one redemption, there's another redemption, just like in history. After we left Mitzrayim, then God saved us again in the story of Hanukkah. Saved us again in the story of Purim. Saved us again throughout history. So the first gula leads to the other gulas. The last day of Pesach, Achron is the last day of Pesach. Unlike other people of the custom, they call, they call after the Seder, they say, Chasal. Chasal means done, over, put it away, and we're finished with it. We're not into that. So why do we say Achron Shal Pesach? Why do we call it the last day of Pesach? We should have a new name for it. Mubavit should call it a different name. Because we don't, we don't end things. Why call it Achron Shal Pesach? The answer is, because this redemption the last day of Pesach is connected to the final redemption, which is going to be the true redemption. What's the meaning of truth? Truth means something which doesn't change in any circumstance, any place, any time. It's a, it's a ge'ula that will be forever. That's why it's, we call it true. The Gemara says the various kinds of light. There's light of a candle, which goes out. Then there's light of the day. Light of the day is the light that doesn't go out. In a similar way, the coming of Mashiach is analogous to the revelation of Hashem that will never stop. That's why it's called called true. Why do we call it complete? 
all complete because Mashiach comes, redemption is going to encompass not just the Jewish people, not just the non-Jewish people, but every single rock and every tree and every blade of grass is going to, it's going to be revealed in every single thing in the world. It's reality, what it really is. So it's also true and complete in the sense that the truth and the reality of everything is going to be revealed. So it's precisely Mashiach, it's precisely the light of Mashiach, which encompasses all of reality. That's like the Haftari yesterday. It's very funny. The Haftari yesterday is talking about the coming of Mashiach. What do you think about the coming of Mashiach? Who, I mean, without looking at the Haftari, would you think about the, the wolves and the lambs? I mean, would you think about the uh, the, the, the lions and the cattle eating uh, hay together? What, what's the emphasis on the physical things, the physical reality? Because that's the meaning of, of, the, of the trunk Klikula. Klikula means it encompasses the whole world. The physical reality is redeemed. Everything's redeemed. But this is very relevant for us after the last day of Pesach. We could, going back to the physical reality, and it's easy to um, have a dissonance and have a schism and have a confusion about what your role is right now. I'm coming now from Machesha Pesach. I just had four cups of wine. And then you go home and your wife thrusts you the uh, Pesach dishes and says, let's okay, put this away right now. And then the Pesach, and, and, the, and you go on a two-hour, um, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll take your family, it takes my family, our family, a good two hours to uh, transform the kitchen back together. Uh, and, and that's the that's your idea. That's what has to get done. What does that mean? That means is Hashem wants the true Kliqa that encompasses the Pesach dishes, encompasses the Chomets dishes. And you have to put back, not just put away the Pesach dishes. You have to also take out the toaster. You have to make sure that every child has a piece of pizza. It's my pizza saying, after all. But at this time of pizza, you should say a story of Baal Shem Tev. You say a bracha. say bracha samazin. Bring the Kedusha of Hashem into the physical reality. That's what the word Gula means. Gula means Goyla Aleph. Goyla means the exile. And Aleph means Alufish Aleph, the master of the world. The meaning coming of Sheikh is the master of the world, the Abishter is uh hi, is going to be the extra film. I'll bring it out, I'll bring it out. The meaning of the uh coming Mashiach is now we're gonna go to some utopian place and enjoy, enjoy and escape the rest of the world. Coming Mashiach is a pshat that Hashem is going to reveal to us all the goodness that exists in the world today. Rebra Shab said said these words: there's nothing higher than what exists today. Nothing higher. Mashiach comes going to reveal. Hashem's going to reveal what exists in the world today. All the goodness that exists in the world today, we'll see it. So, so in this Nadav and Aviyu um, paradigm, let's be in the let's be in the cold places, eat the cold food. It could be that we uh, have similar kinds of things in ourselves. We, we want to be, we want to go back to the Pesach time where, you know, uh, I don't know necessarily if we have this yearning of Nadav and Aviyu to be close to Hashem, but let's go back to the Cholomite trips, you know. <laughs> let's have another another, another couple of days. Let, let, whatever it is. The point is, instead of thinking about what we want and what's enjoyable for us, to think about the goal. To think, think about the Ikra, the main thing what, what God wants in us. The, um, the, the what's, what's comfortable and enjoyable for Nadav and Aviyu was for them. We also have things, but places which are comfortable for us and things which are comfortable for us. And Hashem tells us after the Achim Shabbesach, Parshas Achari. What's Parshas Achari? Parshas Achari means what's next? What's next? What's Achari? What's, what's afterwards? What are we doing after Pesach? What are we ta- how are we taking this inspiration of Pesach? How is it going to, we went to a moment of faith and of redemption and of freedom and what's actually going to happen? So the Torah says, you got to think Achari. The Ramam says, when you daven, you have to have you have to have your heart in heaven and your eyes down. You have to your heart in heaven and your eyes down. The simple meaning is you have to look down. Your heart's supposed to be with Hashem. Yeah. It also means 
when you're in the moment of davening, you have to also think, what's happening with the lower parts of myself? I'm davening now, I'm into it. What's happening when I finish davening? What's, what are the lower parts of myself going to do after we finish davening? Where, where, where's it, where are they going to take me? Just make a decision. When you're davening, you're going to be in the right place. So number one thing we're taking from Achim Shafesim, the Suda Mashiach, this tremendous experience, is, is Gula Amitzah the true big Gula, which encompasses every part of our life. You know, unlike other holidays, Shabbos and Yontif, the food we eat in Shabbos and Yontif is something that, um, it's not really a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that's achieved by eating the food. In other words, fish, and you know, I always get asked, do I have to eat meat? Well, if you, if you really don't like meat, you don't have to eat meat. Why not? Because a mitzvah isn't to eat meat specifically. The mitzvah is to enjoy Shabbos. So by eating meat, that some people enjoy it. Therefore, you should go out to try to eat meat. But the mitzvah is not about enjoying meat. The mitzvah is, it is, the mitzvah is enjoying Shabbos, and they enjoy Shabbos by eating meat. Okay. Pesach is unique. How is Pesach unique? The food itself that we consume is a mitzvah. This item, for eight days, we have consumed that this item is a wholly special object of a mitzvah. It's matzah. So unlike, so when you eat Shabbos food, the Shabbos food goes into your body, and a part of you is elevated. Matzah is about a muna. A muna doesn't have, a muna is very contagious. When you meet someone, it's the thing practically, you need some, I know when I meet a believer, meet someone's a real believer, it, 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 it's contagious. It, it, it makes me question well, where, where, where I am. You meet someone who's, someone who's really, even a child, who speaks of the MS, speaks of the truth, it touches you. Why? Because faith is something which is all-encompassing. Something which, which takes you completely. So coming from the Yantam of Pesach, of Muna, where we're, that's the Gemara that a child cannot recognize his father until he has grain. Until he eats grain, can't, can't recognize his father. Even after he eats the grain, he still doesn't know what a father is and why he's his father, what a father means. He doesn't know that his father would care about him more than anybody else and take care of him, but he knows this is his father. Similar way, when you eat matzah, it says on Pesach, matzah helped us recognize our, our Hashem. Eating the matzah, the grain of, of the matzah, helps us recognize that this is Hashem. And in the matzah for eight days does something to us. So it's not just that there's a part of us that has that sustained by, like by Shabbos food. It's a part of us. It's holy. We eat holy Shabbos food. But rather, the food of the matzah is the food of Amuna, especially for eight days, including the Surah of Mashiach, it, it, it puts Amun into us in a permanent way. That's why it's for a full week. Some people are, are, don't eat matzah the whole Pesach. They say, ah, oh, you know, I don't have to eat matzah just the first day. That's it. You're supposed to eat matzah every day of Pesach because you want to nourish all the spheres with Amuna. A part of your chunk of be nourished with Amuna. So the bottom line is, after this great experience, Hashem tells us, okay, what's happening next? So he gives us the last day of Pesach, the highest revelation. Everyone said that someone asked the Rebbe, how come... You don't ask your students to be doctors. Everyone agrees that a doctor is a, a noble profession. It makes sense. You'd ask your students to be doctors. Rebbe said that our yeshivas, the Chabad yeshivas, are very hot, and colleges are very cold. So it's not fair to ask someone going from hot shabbat to cold shabbat cold. It's a noble profession, but it's not fair. So why's it why is it fair? Shemtal to go from to go back to it's not Monday. You know you think it's not Monday, but why is it sense to go from back to back back to the mundane? The answer is it's precisely the opposite. Achan Pesach, Revelation Mashiach, Emuna, Ah, Emuna, take it into the Monday. That, 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 that's the place for it. That's, that's the whole goal. The goal is to reveal and, and uplift the physical, the mundane, wherever we are. Behold the Chachadei and all your ways of Hashem. So on the today. Any questions, comments, criticism? Yes, sir. I want to hear your 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 answer to that question. Oh, yes, sir. 
<laughs> such usually has another 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 the word such uh, usually has another another adjective at the end. Flattery will get you everywhere. Don't oh, worry. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere you want. That's interesting. I don't know about that. But um, I want one thing to, just to be conscious, just like when you eat matzah and maya pesach, you feel like a muna. So when you eat food, you have to realize this with the word amuna, there's in Tanya, chapter 42. Word amuna is related to the word craftsman. Why is the word craftsman? Because Amuna has to do with practicing. What, what, you, what are you supposed to practice? Supposed to practice whatever you see is not really the reality. To practice, I, I see something, it's not the way it looks, it's not, it's not, it's not the thing. There's, not, there's, there's a godly energy in it. So Amuna, with the, with, with now take we, we've got a revelation, my Hashem, Hashem gave us the mats, enough to practice and practice. I'm looking at a cup of tea, it's not a cup of tea. Hashem told the Jewish sheep when he gave them the, the manna, manna, manna bread, just put it in a basket, put it in a basket. Put in a basket, why is that so important? Put it in a basket. We'll figure out, we'll take a bag. <laughs> What's up, Sebastian? The answer is, she was telling us, just like a manna bread came from heaven, so too, whenever you're going to eat chicken and steak and chametz, put it in a basket. Realize this is also manna bread. This is also something Hashem has given you. Put it in that basket.